Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is Fabs here, and we are back with the Believe Fantasy Football Show. Myself, your friendly neighborhood fantasy football analyst, and the one, the only, the legendary king. The man has been doing fantasy football since Alfred Winkenbach. If you don't know who that is, go Wink. look it up. It's Bob Harris. What's going on, pal? Oh, it's going fantastic. I always like it when you bring up the the Gopple, the Greater Oakland Pigskins Prognosticator League, the very first documented fantasy right. football league, early sixties. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Great, yeah. great story. By the way, they were all affiliated with the Oakland Raiders. They were either in ownership or covered the team for a living. Some of the big names in there, Scotty Sterling, you know, went on became semi-famous as a basketball GM, etc. There, Ron Wolf was an assistant to one of the managers, the, the great Packers GM. So. A uh, really fascinating story. And I think the thing that amazes me the most is I have all the documentation, all their original rules and charters. And, and, and weren't kickers like really valuable and tackles really valuable? Yeah. So, so they had interesting rules. I think just, you know, not to get too far in the weeds here, but the thing that amazed me was the when you read through the bylaws, the little blurbs and things, it's exactly the same as it is now. The, mm -hmm. the arguments they got into, I think, you know, the, the things, the conditions they set, the smack they talked, it was fantastic. I've talked to, before, I, it, there was a point where I had talked to pretty much every living owner in, who played in that league, and it was it was really interesting to talk to all of them. Yeah, go back and look at it if you're in a fantasy football or if you're just like NFL-type history. Uh, that's certainly a good thing to go check back on. We've got to look ahead to the future here, and unfortunately, the future is bleak. For the lot of us in the fantasy football world, uh, before we get into that, Bob, uh, all the major sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, NHL games, uh, all of it. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Bob, it's not like we haven't already had our share of injuries, but now going into the first week of the playoffs, and we're going to talk about this list, we've got a bunch of guys who have been very good for us who are not going to be available or might not be available, and it's going to make it even rougher from a fantasy perspective. We'll start at the quarterback position, uh, Thursday Night Football. No Justin Herbert. He is out for the season uh, with an injured finger on his throwing hand. This is not good, right? Ethan Stick will move in for him, and we're going to have serious issues there. Um, Stick has not started since his college days, so uh, that's probably not a good sign either. Um, and, you know, not having all his components, Keenan Allen, I know we'll talk about that as well, but mm -hmm. this just doesn't seem like an ideal setting. And the Raiders' defense, by the way, has been improving. I think, you know, the perception in our head, we remember the first thing we see, and and the first thing we see maybe is the Raiders, or, or the first thing that comes to mind is the Raiders not a good defense. Ask the Minnesota Vikings. And by the way, if you're the Raiders' defense, how mad are you that you only allow three points and you lose a game? Yeah, I know. And the Raiders' defense is a very good streaming option this week. Um, yes. If you're, if you're into that kind of thing. Like to pick uh, on the quarterbacks, right, Fabs? That's what, right. you know. That's how you do it. And we've got a lot of quarterbacks this week that are backups, you know, uh, or third stringers like Tommy DeVito. Um, who's been pretty good lately. C.J. Stroud uh, is very questionable for this week, so we could see Davis Mills under center. And speaking of the Texans, Nico Collins is banged up too, so we've got to find out whether or not we're going to have him. Uh, at running back, Josh Jacobs for the Thursday night game. Not sure if he's going to play. Zamir White, Amir Abdullah would be the uh, the audibles in that case. Neither one of them very exciting, even though the matchup's pretty good. Brian Robinson mm -hmm. uh, is dealing with a hamstring injury. 
And unfortunately, well, uh, he may be out this week. We're going to find that out sooner rather than later. Uh, we could be seeing a lot of Antonio Gibson this week. If he's on the waiver wire, go pick him up. Alexander Madison's banged up uh, at the running back position, but here are two of the big ones. First off, Keenan Allen's not playing. And I'm afraid, Bob, that this is the start of Keenan Allen being done for the season because the Chargers awesome. stink. They're out. They're not going anywhere. Uh, and why bring them back? I, I hope I'm wrong. And then Tyreek Hill, uh, who I was at the game. He, uh, he was tackled like, what's, what do they call hip it? Drop, what, horse, it, was, it was a combination. It was a combination horse collar with the hip drop. It was yeah. like the dual lethality move. And uh, obviously very irritating. You know, the NFL owners meetings this week, they're talking about eliminating the hip drop tackle as well. I mean, it's going to be difficult at some point that they have to tackle somehow. But nonetheless, uh, he did not practice to open the week. They're going to have a hard decision to make at some point, right? They need to win. He wants to be on the field. I guarantee you he's pushing yep. for that 2000 yard season. So, you know, at some point, you know, they're going to have to decide whether they need to rein him in for the betterment of the team, but also the team wants to be better as well. And they're, you know, they have to push for the playoffs. So uh, going to be interesting to see where, where he's at by the end of the week. And you said rein him in. Uh, I live in South Florida. It's literally going to rain every day through the weekend. So uh, to, maybe it's going to stop by Sunday. Um, so keep tabs, you know, it's, you never know what's going to happen, but like it, it, the forecast is literally like rain, rain and rain for the next few days. Uh, let's, let's get into this Chargers Raiders game on Thursday night football. Uh, the Raiders three and a half point favorite. Uh, the totals 34, another gross total last week. It was what 30. It did go over uh, the Chargers at plus plus one thirty on the money line Raiders at minus one point 55. I'm sure that's going to change a few notes here on the wagering front. And I don't even know if these matter, Bob, because like Justin Herbert's not playing, but the Chargers are five and eight against the spread. They're three and three against the spread at home. Five of the eight games have gone under, um, and two of the four have gone under on the road. The Raiders are six, six and one against the spread overall, four, two uh, against the spread at home. So that's a good thing. 10 of the 13 games they've played have gone under. Six of seven have gone under at home. So uh, 34, but we saw this last week and it went over. Uh, the Chargers are 10 and seven against the spread against the Raiders since 2015. They're five and three against the spread against the Raiders on the road uh, in that time. But again, it's kind of a different scenario, right? Justin Herbert's not going to play. Keenan Allen's not going to play. Josh Jacobs may not play. Devontae Adams all of a sudden has an illness. He's going to play. Uh, outside of Austin Eckler, and I got to give you a stat on Austin that kind of surprised me, Bob. I mean, is there anybody else for the Chargers to start? Which, I mean, it's crazy to say because they have so it's, much talent, but <clears> the injuries are just, uh, I mean, it's a mash unit. Right, and you compound that with the fact that it's a Thursday game, right? So, you know, do you want to be sitting there watching the rest of the games play out and see your other possibilities, you know, exceed what you had in the game on Thursday, knowing that it's a diminished core? I think, you know, in, in Eckler's case, I mean, you know, last week we had all the talk that, oh, it's going to be a competition and and uh, we're going to see a lot of Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. We did not. Instead, Eckler had 49 snaps, went 100 yards of scrimmage, had a rushing touchdown. Spiller got 12 snaps. Kelly had seven snaps. Eckler's best game in a month. So, I mean, I think you're still going to play him and, and hope for the best, but, but I'll just remind you that defense continues to approve. Uh, they're ranked ninth in the league in points allowed at 19.9 per game. And that's the teams with, well, semi-good quarterbacks, maybe last week, notwithstanding didn't work out well, but so yeah. it's, it, you know, it's a struggle for me to, to want to really force pieces in here. I think Eckler, you're going to play beyond that. Like Josh Palmer returns. If you were in a, you know, if you were, if your roster was super depleted, but I just think you're pushing, you're pushing it 
right? He had five catches and 133 yards in week seven against Kansas City before suffering his injury. So there's some high end there, but I don't I don't know that I want to push that. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, you know, even Austin and I, I, you're playing him because he's the only offensive weapon that they have that's established, right? He has scored fewer than 14 points in all but two of 13 career games against the Raiders. I was shocked when I saw that because you would have thought that Eckler would just smoke the Raiders because historically their defense has not been great. Mm. That's not been the case. I, he's given like low double digits on the average. Let's hope that that's going to be different on Thursday night. Uh, the Raiders have allowed the seventh most points to running backs, the sixth most rushing yards. Eckler is the only real solid play for the Chargers. Uh, you mentioned Josh Palmer. The Raiders have allowed the 10th fewest points to wide receivers and the seventh fewest to the slot. Uh, the Raiders are not a bad defense, folks. It, it, you know, I know you all oh, the Raiders, they stink. Their defense is not that bad. It's not that bad. So, you know, Palmer is a guy that if you're desperate or if you're in a 14 team league like I am, I got to play him. Uh, Quentin Johnson, same kind of thing. Uh, Gerald Everett, you know, he's a playable asset because you lack weapons. The Raiders have allowed eight tight ends to score nine plus points this season with four over 13. And um, when you're out Keenan Allen and, uh, you know, you're looking at Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston <clears> as your as your top options, Bob Everett's going to be in the mix. So uh, if you need a tight end, you could utilize him. Bob, what about the Chargers defense, right? We talk about how, you know, you look at the quarterback. You got Aiden O'Connell. You might not have Josh Jacobs. You have Devontae Adams, who's sick. Uh, are you in on the Chargers at all, or kind of this is just the Raiders? Uh, I'm more into the uh, – I don't know. I mean, like I would play the, the Raiders defense. I'm probably not going to be in on the Chargers. I know it's not a you know, ideal offensive situation. I mean, probably last week I would have been perfectly fine playing, you know, you know, well, the week against New England, I would have been perfectly fine. I don't know. Uh, this is – for me, this is like another thing where there's maybe one playable component on the other side. I mean, Zamir White, you could play uh, for the Raiders. Right. You know, assuming Josh Jacobs is inactive, thinking someone getting, you know, 15 to 20 touches against this defense, running backs who do that are probably going to have some success. You're still going to play Devontae Adams because you're playing the volume. Right. I mean, <clears throat> you know, even if it's not been good and I, I have some numbers there on him, I think over the last uh, his target shares over the last four weeks, 52, 34, 22 and 34 percent. He's only averaged 6.2 catches, 73 yards uh, per game in those. He has one touchdown, no 100-yard games. But but it, but but you have to – it's hard not to play that volume, right? So so I'd probably be – I'll probably be keeping him in lineups. But I have him ranked down in the – you know, well into the wide receiver too. So set your mm -hmm. expectations accordingly and look at your options accordingly. Right, no question about that. Uh, so in Scott Fishbowl, which I've, I'm still alive. I've, I've had a really good season in Scott Fishbowl, but I'm about to get knocked out. Why? My wide receivers are Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill <laughs> among the top two. No Keenan Allen. One of my top two running backs is Josh Jacobs. I'm not going to have him potentially. And if I do, maybe he's not going to be at 100%. Uh, let's talk about Jacobs because the matchup's good. I mean, the Chargers have allowed the six most points to running backs, the second most receiving yards to running backs. Problem is, even if Jacobs is active, like fear of re-aggravation re or injury, and, <clears throat> and it makes yeah, hanging it really that hard third, to you know, play him, right? Right. The Thursday night game, you're going to be eyeballing all you're going to be miserable as you watch your other possibilities right, exactly. throughout the week. You know, so yeah, yeah. that's part of it. The Thursday night game plays into this mentally, at least. But also, I mean, you know, objectively speaking, he, he is going into this game not healthy. So yeah. at that point, you assess your other options. And, you know, I'm not, you know, you know me, I'm the great injury agnostic. Well, that's what I'm drafting when I'm setting lineups. I'm not so much right. I'm 
I want to play it a little more conservative and not take chances. But to my detriment, right? Last week, Brees Hall was a player who, like, I didn't sit, but I dialed back on a little bit, set my expectations down because he was dealing with an ankle injury. Didn't practice all week until Friday, limited work, came in, had a great game. Uh, yep. So, you know, there's a range of outcomes for all these players. I think in Jacob's case, though, the short week uh, and no practice at all, uh, those are both concerning. And Zamir White, while I think it's a great opportunity, I might want to wait and see how, you know, if it's, I would prefer this if it were a Sunday game and I could see how some of the other things have played out up to that point before I rolled with it. Yeah, and Amir Abdullah is going to also be in the mix as yep. well. Um, uh, let's let's go through a few player props here from Jen Piacenti over at Sports Illustrated. She likes Austin Eckler over 46 and a half rushing yards in this game. How about this one, Bob? Easton Stick under half a touchdown. Mm. Um, that's not good if you have Chargers assets. <laughs> um, Devontae Adams over 67 and a half receiving yards. That's at minus 110 uh, over at SI Sportsbook. So check that out. But I think the Easton Stick under half a touchdown uh, is interesting and depressing all at the same time. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about some DFS plays. Let's see if Bob agrees with some of these that I have. Uh, we'll start off with the quarterback bargains. I like Jordan Love against the Bucks at $6,200, even though last week was not good. Matt Stafford, though, how chalky is he going to be? He sticks $6,000 against the worst defensive <clears throat> league against yeah. quarterbacks, and he's been red hot the last three weeks. In cash games, it's going to be hard to go away from him. In tournaments, maybe you want to pivot to differentiate, but in cash games, he's going to be right, chalky. Before we get into that, explain the difference to the folks out there, cash games against tournaments. So in cash games, you're playing head-to-head. -head. You just need to beat half the field or one other person. You want to play the best possible lineup. You want to have some chalk in there because the other side is going to have a lot of chalk. Uh, in tournaments, the, the big, the big, the large pool tournaments, you want to have some different players in there. You need a little mix of chalk in there. There's going to be players that you you want to have, but you want to you want to catch some of the outliers and and catch performers who aren't expected to do well uh, to win the the big money. Uh, the fades at quarterback to a tongue of a low is at $7,900 against the Jets, Jets. And, and it might be raining. No, thank you. Uh, and I, dude, I got Patrick Mahomes on here against the Patriots, $7,800. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care what his name is. I'm looking at the numbers and the numbers have not been good. And the Patriots numbers against quarterbacks at home, <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, right. So keep that in mind. Uh, the bargains at running back, Bijan Robinson's only $6,800 against the price. Panthers, man. I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Zeke. 5,800 bucks against the Chiefs uh, with that kind of volume that he had last week. If that continues, I don't see why it wouldn't. Giddy up. <clears throat> right. Uh, the running, running back, back has been the one piece you could count on. Running back's been one piece you could yeah. count on that offense. Yep. Uh, fades. If Aaron Jones plays, don't care. $6,500 is way too expensive against the Buccaneers considering uh, his lack of durability this season. James Conner against the Niners, $5,700. Too expensive for me. Here's some bargains. Want to get your take on Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's $5,600 uh, against the Rams. Squeaky wheel. Remember what he said after uh, mm -hmm. he had caught what no passes and was targeted minimally uh, in the game before the bye. He said, "Well, I got in some good cardio." Uh, did, squeaky wheel here, Bob. You think Terry McLaurin's a good play? Uh, I've been playing him most every week, and uh, evidence to the contrary, Fabs. He has not been a good play. Like I think he might be. Here's the the confound <clears throat> the confounding thing about him and Jahan Dotson. I'm looking right now, Terry McLaurin down, you know, outside the wide receiver, he's scoring six points a game, right? Fantasy points per game. How in the world where Sam Howell has thrown more passes, 509, and completed more passes than any other quarterback in the NFL are both Terry McLaurin and Deshaun Watson not dominant pieces on fantasy yep. teams? It's a baffling mystery. 
Uh, so I'm looking for other options if at all possible, but I do get it. Like if you're looking for a chance, if you're buying into the squeaky wheel theory, he was squeaking, but it was a week removed. They had a bye week to sit down and sort it out. Yeah. Well, maybe he squeaked for two weeks. That's even maybe. more squeaks. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, Jaden Reed, he's a little bit banged up. Keep tabs <laughs> on his status. I'm in love with this kid, man. $4,900. He's like mini Debo. Uh, I, I just, I love him, uh, but keep tabs on his status. Uh, the fades, Jalen Waddle against the Jets at $7,400. Uh, DJ Moore, I mean, six nine hundred bucks for a wide receiver in Cleveland, Bob. I mean, that's with that's a bum tough, ankle, man. right? Started yeah, out with a no, tough, did dude. not practice on Wednesday. Uh, bargains at tight end. We'll start off with Tucker Craft against the Bucks. We're going really cheap here at three thousand dollars, and then Chickaconquo, who's not putting up great numbers, but they've been more respectable <laughs> lately against the Texans at twenty nine hundred. Uh, the fades again. I'm going against the Bear because of the Browns matchup in Cleveland. Forty five hundred dollars for Cole Komet. And Kyle Pitts was good last week. Don't chase the points. $4,000 against the Panthers is too rich for my Italian blood. Uh, let's get into the stardoms and sit for the week, Robert. Let's do it. It's the playoffs, pal. It's nut-cutting time. So we want to make sure that we're making the correct decisions. I have Brock Purdy as my start of the week at quarterback. Has to uh, be. The Cardinals are giving up about 18 points per game to quarterbacks this season. Pretty beat him for two touchdowns and over 21 in week four. Matt Stafford, who is going to be the chalkiest chalk play of every chalk play that's ever been a chalk play against the commanders, which means he's probably going to stink. Um, <laughs> the commanders have been awful against quarterbacks. Almost every quarterback they face has scored over 20 points, including um, Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, this is a great matchup for Stafford. Uh, in that same game, Sam Howell. Over the last four weeks, the Rams have had eight touchdowns and more than 20 points per game to quarterbacks. I like Howell this week as well. Jordan Love, I know he stunk last week. I don't care. That was last week. I'm still playing him against the Buccaneers. Uh, they've allowed six total scores and an average of 18 and a half points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. I also like Russell Wilson this week against Detroit Bob. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of those players? I like, you know, it's between Purdy and Stafford as the start of the week, right? Everyone against uh, yeah, the, Eagle, uh, yeah. the commander and they've given up what nine touchdown passes, uh, what, since week 11. That's pretty good. Yeah. They've been giving it up. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and I agree with you on love. I think, you know, especially for me in DFS in, a, in tournaments, people are going to be off him. And that's one of the things you look for in the big, the large field tournaments is players coming off disappointing outings. And certainly his outing was disappointing. Uh, against the Giants. So I'm looking for a big rebound there as well. And I do like Russell Wilson. I think uh, I think he's been like quietly very solid. That could be a fun game in Detroit. Um, mm -hmm. And that's on Saturday. Remember, guys, we yep. got three games on Saturday this week. So make sure you're, you're paying attention. The NFL is going to dominate uh, the rest of the week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, quarterbacks to sit or beware of. Kyler Murray against the Niners. Only Jalen Hurts has beaten them for more <clears> than 15 and a half, uh, 15.3 points in a game since week 10. They're a hot team right now. I love Kyler. I love that the Cardinals are wearing the all whites. Those remind me of the Neil Lomax days, <clears> but um, I I'm not going there with Kyler. I've got Patrick Mahomes on the list, but he's still in my top eight quarterbacks. So here's my thought process, okay? There are certain quarterbacks that you could start over Mahomes. Mahomes is not the be-all, end-all, elite, must-start quarterback anymore. He's not, okay? He has scored fewer than 16.9 points in all but one of his last six games. During that time, he's averaging 14.3 points. In two of the last three weeks where he has played, and so has Tommy DeVito, DeVito has outscored him. Uh, the Patriots have allowed fewer than 13 points at home to Tua, Hertz, and Justin Herbert this year. Bob, everybody in the fantasy industry talks about following the process, trusting the process. 
I'll follow <laughs> it. I don't trust it. I'm following the process here. Give me an argument for why Patrick Mahomes should be started over Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, maybe even Sam Howell and Matthew Stafford. There is no argument for the first two. There, you're starting the first two ahead of him. I, I won't give you an argument. I, you know, so I guess you know I'm a big believer what about in Stafford. Though, what about Stafford? I think it's a great matchup. You know, so here's the thing. You know, I'm a big proponent of divorcing the name from the numbers, looking purely at the numbers. If you're doing that, there is not much argument for not playing Stafford this week, right? But there's also when you remove the name from the equation, you remove the history from the equation. And you remove the circumstances from the equation. You just look at the raw numbers. And there's, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a bit of a track record in recent years of high-end production. So, I mean, I think you're counting on that. But, like, if you're sitting there and you're trying to be objective about it, you can make arguments for all four of those players you mentioned. Or the first two, for me, are locked in ahead of Mahomes. I ranked them ahead of Mahomes this week. And Stafford's damn close. So, it's a tough decision. A lot of times, like, you know, I've talked about this here before, but you build a depth chart, or I build a depth chart, just like an NFL team does. And I try to stick with it because over the course of time, varying from playing your best players, you're playing hunches and, you know, it tends to not work out. In this case, when you look at Mahomes' numbers over the course of the season, you named it there. The, you know, the points per game is something I pay a lot of attention to. Yep. And, uh, and in this case, Mahomes, and that offense in general, has not been as good. They're going to be down Isaiah Pacheco, it seems. Uh, they've bet their money on Pat Mahomes being able to create a wide receiver one. That formula has not yet come to fruition. So they may need to make some adjustments uh, over the offseason. In the meantime, we may have to make some of the adjustments you said, as you point out, uh, on your lineup decisions. I've got Stafford ranked ahead of him. I tried to pick Stafford up. I have Mahomes in one league. <clears throat> it's the Allison Chains League. I made the playoffs, and I'm going to get beat by Jerry Cantrell this week because – I'm, I, I'm losing everybody. Like I lost Jonathan Taylor. I've lost Ramondre Stevenson. Go ahead and play the violin very slowly. Now I've lost Keenan Allen and Mahomes has been my quarterback and he's been lousy. And I tried to pick up Stafford. Somebody else got him and I would have played Stafford happily over him. I can't uh, Desmond Ritter. Don't chase the points this week. Tougher matchup against the Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, also guys I wouldn't chase the points on. And I'd be where to this week, uh, as we mentioned, against the Jets. And again, keep in mind, there could be some weather here down in South Florida over the weekend. So uh, that would hurt to his value even more. Bob, let's move on to the running backs. And Ezekiel Elliott is my start of the week. I, he saw elite level usage last week. Elite level usage. 66% of New England's touches last week went to Zeke. Uh, the Chiefs just gave up 25 points to James Cook. I feel good about Zeke this week against the Chiefs. Bob, what about you? I do as well. Uh, funny, by if you're out there looking at the injury reports, Ramondre Stevens shows up on the official NFL injury report as a limited participant. If you go to the Patriots website and you read the coverage of the local media, he was a did not practice. So uh, if you were thinking, oh, maybe there's a chance, it doesn't seem likely we'll see Ramondre Stevenson. So I'm all on board as long as that's the case. Uh, I like David Montgomery against uh, the Broncos this week. Um, they you know, they've been better lately. They just did give up 21 points to Eckler. Uh, you're going to start Gibbs as well, obviously. Najee Harris popped up on the injury report with a knee, but he seems like he's good to go. He's got the Colts this week. They've allowed 15-plus points to running backs 10 times this year. So I like Najee to bounce back from a couple of stinkers. Bob, thoughts on DeAndre Swift? Because DeAndre Swift has been hot trash from a fantasy perspective. <clears throat> I don't know why the Eagles aren't using him more. But Seattle's been awful against running backs. 16 total touchdowns allowed, fifth fewest points allowed. Are you starting DeAndre Swift? 
Has he turned into the Patrick Mahomes of running backs? I mean, you know, the early season run was fantastic, and the workload is not horrible. But, man, the results haven't been great. He's not the top goal line asset for this team. It's Jalen Hurst, so that puts a little cap on him. And also, Kenneth Gainwell gets some fortuitous touches. Yeah. He's not a must-start for me. I do like the matchup, and, you know, there's something to be said for that. But, but man, I'm I'm looking at my options off, off really closely. I got to play him in a couple leagues. I have no choice. Um, I'm just hoping that uh, he pops. I uh, also like Jerome Ford against the Bears. Uh, their defense has given up the 10th most points to runners, including the most points to receivers. Uh, at the running back position and, and Ford can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, the Sidhams, and there's some big names on this list and some names that people are going to have to play, but you're not going to like the results. Uh, at least that's what we're projecting through following and trusting the process. Ken Walker against the Eagles. Ken Walker had 9.4 points last week. He's losing touches and snaps to Zach Charbonnet. The Eagles have allowed four touchdowns all year to running backs and the second fewest points. Uh, your thoughts on Javante Williams, because he had a really good game last week, which is going to make it hard to sit him. I get it. But Detroit's allowed the fourth fewest points to running backs and the second fewest rushing yards per game allowed. Uh, I'm still, you know, especially this time of year, sure volume or certain volume is is a rarity. You're going to get that with Javante Williams. He doesn't always get the fortuitous opportunities. The goal line looks the, and, and you know, and so that's been a little bit of an issue. Uh, but I'll play him based on volume. I don't know that I'm going to have a ton of better options in, in, on my rosters. James Conner in his last game against the Steelers went off in a revenge narrative. Uh, he's got the Niners this week, though. The last time he played San Francisco, 6.6 points. I mean, he's a shaky flex at best. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if Pacheco can't go. I mean, he got some volume. I mean, he led the, the Chiefs backfield in touches and snaps. But, I mean, the snaps were real close. McKinnon scored a touchdown. I don't know if I can trust Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the Patriots defense is, is still very good. Uh, Devin Singletary against the Titans. Yes, he was the lead guy last week. Uh, he'll maybe he'll be the lead guy this week. We don't know because that thing is a nightmare to predict, but the Titans have been really tough against running backs at home. Only two touchdowns and the second fewest points allowed um, to the enemy backs. So Devin Singletary is uh, certainly a risk for us this week, Bob. Let's move on to wide receivers. And at wide receiver, we've got a lot of injuries. Bob and I have talked about it, right? So you know, we're not going to have Keenan Allen this week. Obviously, that stinks. Nico Collins is banged up. We've already lost Tank Dell. Uh, Tyreek is banged up. Just depressing as hell. Uh, so you're going to have to dance with the guys who brung you. Uh, and Puka Nakua, to a degree, has brung you. Now, he has scored single digits in three of his last six games, so he's been inconsistent. But, dude, I mean, commanders. They've given up the second most points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, including six touchdowns. You know, Cooper Cup is an obvious play. He's been back the last couple of weeks, played pretty well. Uh, but Puka is going to be in the mix. I've got Zay Flowers on this list, Bob. He has had two straight 20-point games. Yep. The Jaguars have allowed fourth most points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, including five touchdowns. Where do you have Zay Flowers ranked this week? I have him, well, a high-end high uh, wide receiver, too. I think for the reasons you stated, he, you know, and the deep game is starting to work a little bit for Baltimore. And so, in, you know, maybe that means a little more for Odell Beckham, but that opens things up more for Zay Flowers, and we've seen the results of that in recent weeks. Uh, dude, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, there, there's some wide receivers that are maybe not under the radar, but certainly um, not must-starts or, hell, haven't even been owned in 50% of leagues. Odo Beckham Jr. in that game is one of them. Yep. Marcus Robinson in that Commanders game is another because he targets over the last two weeks. Hurt. For yep. uh, we talked about Terry McLaurin uh, in the bargains portion of the program. Uh, the Rams, the Rams are tied for the sixth most 
wide receiver points allowed over the last four weeks. I, I'm sticking with McLaurin. Uh, Cortland Sutton's been a touchdown machine 10 times in 13 games. Uh, the Lions have allowed 15 touchdowns to wide receivers and a 63.4% catch rate. So I like Cortland Sutton. I like Tyler Lockett this week, Bob. And Tyler Lockett is inconsistent as hell. He'll drive you absolutely mad. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be pulling your hair out. Well, maybe not you, but people who have hair. <laughs> Thank you for that. Tyler Lockett. Uh, but I like the matchup against the Eagles. They've given up 23 touchdowns, 47.7 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. I mean, Jay's Louise. Right. Uh, DK and I, I feel like you don't have to worry. I don't think, I feel like you don't have to worry if it's Drew Locke and Geno Smith doesn't make it back. Right. We saw some evidence last week. And, you know, in fact, Lockett was the was the apple of his eye. Yep. Uh, so DK goes without saying, Tyler Lockett's in the mix. Um, Rasheed Rice, I also like this week. We talked about Jaden Reed. Sit him wide receivers. Chris Godwin, who had his best game last week in a while, and he had like, what, like 12 points? I mean, is that his ceiling right now? He's that been great. He's got a lot of touchdowns. He's got the Packers this week. They've allowed the ninth fewest points to wide receivers. Uh, Godwin's a, a risky flex. T. Higgins has been one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy football this season. Uh, the Vikings have allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver in the last four weeks, including the sixth fewest points. Uh, so T Higgins is a risk. Uh, Bob, what are you thinking about Adam Thielen this week? You know, last week he was okay. He was okay. He wasn't great, but Atlanta has been really tough on wide receivers and they had Thielen to 3.2 points in week one. Are you starting them? I prefer not to. And I, and I think you probably have options. You know, Adam Thielen was a guy we drafted as probably a wide receiver five in most of the leagues are in. And there were, you know, I want to thank him for his service. He was phenomenal. Uh, there have been stretches <laughs> of the season where he's been indispensable. Uh, he's not that right now. And some of that seems to be tied to like the difference between Frank Reich and Thomas Brown as the play caller has been pretty noticeable too. Uh, Thomas Brown in there now calling the plays and those haven't been a great game. So last week was okay though. But, uh, but yeah, I think in general, I'm trying to avoid. I don't love Jordan Addison this week either, Bob. I mean, he's filled for more than 11 points in five straight games. Three of those games have been single digits. Justin Jefferson's expected to play. The Bengals are tough against the perimeter. So uh, Addison's hard to trust right now. You know, Gabe Davis, uh, Gabe Davis is like, this guy is an anomaly wrapped in an enigma surrounded by a mystery. Like, he either scores no points or 20. (laughs) his, His differential is insane. He's got my beloveds this week. They're giving up 90 yards per game to perimeter receivers. It could be a high scoring game, Bob. I mean, do you roll the dice on Gabe Davis or no? Well, I think that's the key there. You know, maybe you get to that point of the week. You'll, you'll know whether you need a home run play or just need to avoid the zero. If you're just needing to avoid a zero, Gabe Davis might not be your ideal choice, but he is a pretty good swing for the fence play. All right, moving on to tight end. And folks, I struggled to put in stardom and sit him tight ends this week because the position is just garbage. It, it's a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, Sam Laporte is an obvious start, but I, I put him as the start of the week. Why? Well, cause the position's awful. It's either an obvious start or a horrible start. Uh, the Broncos are bad against tight ends. They've given up uh, the, the second most points to the position. So even though Laporta has scored single digits in three of his last five games, I'm playing them. That's obvious. Uh, David Njoku against the bears. They've given up 10 plus points to tight end seven times. And a 78.3% catch rate. Giddy up. And boy, do we love Joe Flacco being under center. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Bob, let's talk about him. He has failed to score double digits in four of his last five games, including games before he came back from the forearm injury. But Seattle's given up nine or more points to tight ends five times in the last seven weeks. Uh, Goddard has not been great. Tight end is not great. Uh, I mean, is he is he still a top 10 option? 
Yeah, he's definitely a top 10 option. I mean, he's been a potent offense and has a semi-favorable matchup. I think maybe we'll see his, his usage normalize a little bit. I think ideally this is passing attacks going to run through three people and it's going to be Brown, Devontae, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard to a degree. So uh, I do think they like using him. I'll go ahead and keep playing that. Uh, Isaiah Likely, who we told you to play last week, had a very good game. I don't think he's going to go and put up 19 again. But, I mean, he's got the Jaguars. They've given up 20-plus points to two, two tight ends in the last five weeks. Uh, so I like Isaiah Likely. If you're looking for some, like, under-the-radar type of plays, Logan Thomas has got a good matchup against the Rams. We talked about Chigakonko and Tucker Craft as potential bargains in DFS mm. as well. Now, the Sidham tight ends. Again, Bob, this is a hard it's a hard thing to analyze because some of the guys that I have as Sidhams are probably going to be in lineups because the position is so thin. I'll start off on Hunter Henry, who scored two touchdowns on his birthday last week. But I don't like him against the Chiefs, Bob. They haven't allowed a tight end to score more than 11.7 points in a game, and only three tight ends have scored double digits. So think about that. Only three guys have gone over the single-digit mark against the Chiefs, and the highest point total that they've given up is 11.7. Thoughts on Hunter Henry? I think back beyond last game to the three-week run of the Patriots offense where they lost, what, three games by a combined total of 26 to, to teams that scored 26 points combined. Yeah. Uh, that was a all-time a historic low in scoring for them. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't need to push any Patriot receiving asset into my lineup until I have further evidence that Bailey Zappi is going to toss three touchdowns a game. Yeah, uh, and that's unlikely. Uh, Cole Komet, who, again, I mean, you probably got to play him. I understand that. but And I know the Browns just got smoked by Evan Ingram last week, but still, they have allowed fewer than six points at home to George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Trey McBride. Their defense is good. I mean, it just Ingram had a massive game last week. You know, he Christian Kirk is out, and they just targeted him a lot more. So I'm a little worried about Cole Komet. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, you know, he had that big game against the Bengals a few weeks ago, and then since then he's been – awful and now he's got the Colts no tight end has beaten them for more than 11.4 points so tight ends have a low ceiling against Indianapolis so keep yep. that in mind with Fryermuth. and then I mentioned Kyle Pitts as a fade in DFS Kyle Pitts had a good game last week 14.7 points but he had been held to single digits in the previous six and the last time he played the Panthers he had 6.4 points uh, Bob thoughts on any <laughs> of these three Pitts Fryermuth, and Cole Komet who all are very startable assets in fantasy, but I just don't love the matchups. All will be started in multiple lineups so for that reason, right? You're 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 playing the role more than you're playing the production, and you're hoping the production follows the role. And and in in Pitt's case, I mean, he's more a wide receiver. That you know the kind of where he's playing and how they use him is more like a wide receiver than a than tight end. And and they have a really good wide receiver, or one that's you know, got a little more upside to me in Drake London. So that's my concern. But you, I mean, you're, I think your overall assessment is correct. You're not going to have a lot of better options. I do like, you know, you keep mentioning Kakwo, uh, the Texans really super favorable matchup yeah. uh, for the tight end. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, Chigakonkwo will never be what we all drafted him to be. Maybe he will be next year. I don't know. We tend to be a few years early. Look, I'm still waiting for Juwan Johnson to turn into that guy. Yeah, no, 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 right? that, that's so, not turned so, into a character. Right. <laughs> it doesn't always happen for these guys, these athletic tight ends that we see. And, you know, so so be mindful of that before you, you know, you press some of these players that maybe you're aren't don't have as great of matchups, but do have locked in roles. Uh remember, folks, again, we've got Thursday night football, Chargers, Raiders. You've got three games on Saturday, right. Vikings, Bengals, which, boy, I mean, if the injuries weren't such a mess, that would have been a great game. You know, Cousins and Jefferson against Burrow and Chase. 
Now we got Mullins against Browning, but I mean, not that Browning's been bad, but it's still not Joe Burrow. Uh, the 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 late afternoon game is Steelers Colts. Uh, the night game is Broncos Lions. All these games are on NFL Network, so make sure uh, you're you're getting those lineups set for Saturday. Bob, first week of the postseason. Any final thoughts here for the fantasy managers out there looking to advance? <laughs> Well, this is the time of year where we do start outsmarting ourselves, where you heard our discussion on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that we're actually outsmarting ourselves there, but there'll be decisions similar to that where you'll be tempted to play hunches. Just remember, they're your hunches. You have to live with them if they don't work out. Uh, you know, And don't overplay bad situations. So like weather, look at last week, Babs. I mean, the weather was horrible in Baltimore and New York. Zach Wilson is AFC Player of the Week after having one of his best games. Lamar Jackson had a huge game. Football is meant designed to be played in the winter as a winter sport. And also you could think the same about matchups. You know, I think just mentally as we head into the playoffs and the games, but more important as well, we, we blow these things up a little more in our minds. So assess your options carefully. Try to be sober about your assessments of what's happening and don't overthink just react. And by the way, even if you have a buy this week, you should be on the waiver wire. Yep. Go and check the matchups for the defenses. If you don't have an elite defense, like the Broncos, uh, I believe in week 16, they play, I want to say it might be the Jets at home or no, the Patriots at home. It's a great matchup. The Broncos are not a team that people are picking up off the waiver wire this week because they're playing the Lions. But if right. you have a bye, pick up the defenses. If you stream kickers, look the, look ahead at the matchups. Like, don't sit on your hands. Make sure you're doing that kind of thing. Uh, because, dude, we're, I mean, it's, we're, we're going for the gusto here. We want to, we want to grab that golden ring. Uh, we want to have that, that, that championship belt around our waist, right? Uh, which Bob Harris has many of. He actually likes to walk around the house with the belt and nothing else. That's another story altogether. <laughs> we hope you guys uh, have enjoyed this week's edition of the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. Uh, for our Kai behind the virtual glass toss for Bob Harris, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the busiest man in fantasy football. I am Fabs. Good luck in week 15. Uh, hopefully you guys take home that first round victory and we'll see you here again next week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.